that's it. It's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders podcast brought to you by UCAS Studios. And before I even introduce myself and my uh, co-host, I just want to crack, crack open a, a nice cold one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Los Angeles Lakers are your 2020 NBA champions. Oh, my Let's goodness. Let's go. <laughs> so good to say that. Uh, Hani uh, is not drinking this evening, so I came prepared for each one of these uh, that I drink. I will drink one for him as well. Beautiful. So uh, <clears throat> just celebrate responsibly. Don't don't celebrate like me. But <laughs> don't drink in podcast kids. <laughs> yeah, it's it's dangerous. We're gonna find out real quick. Uh, I might make some ridiculous bet, like buying another uh, Rajon Rondo jersey, <laughs> <laughs> which is something I have to do now. I, I I've I made my bet and I have to have to lay in it. But hey. After how he played at various points of, the, of this postseason run, uh, it's money I'm happy to spend. So what's going on, everybody? Uh, I'm Gary Kessler here with you as always, joined again, as always, by Hani Amadi. And Hani, what, I mean, what else is there to say, man? This, this team, credit to the Miami Heat for making this a very, very difficult series, even though they were outmatched from a talent, talent standpoint, I think. Uh, Man, they were they were a hell of a hell of an opponent. But at the end of the day, this Lakers team just finds a way, they, like they did all year long, and they're NBA champions. Yeah, I mean, there there were two very resilient parties today. One was the Los Angeles Lakers, who uh, you know have have battled through a lot of issues all year long um, and, and been able to really pretty much dominate the playoffs, but with with some shaky moments in there. And the other resilient party was me, who uh, finally got a serious prediction right. Lakers in six, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Give me my flowers. <laughs> I forgot all about that. I'm a little upset now. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll give it to you. I mean, I was I still beat you three to one, but it's it's okay. You got the you got the most important one, so I will exactly give you the hat tip on that one. Lakers in six. Uh, very easily could have been Lakers in five, but man, uh, this game was unbelievable i went in fully expecting my heart to be pounding out of my chest for 48 minutes and it pounded for 16 18 minutes and it was like damn what is going on here like this lakers team man just when you thought you know i apologize ever to everybody we didn't uh pod after the game five loss combination of honey and i were very upset and i also did not have a voice left i, I still kind of recovering a little bit um but I literally had no voice. Like, you guys would not have been able to hear me. It would have just been awful. Um, so I apologize for that. And I apologize getting on to this so late. We kind of wanted to just let people soak this in. I didn't want to just jump on while players were doing interviews and all this stuff. I mean, we got to see Alex Caruso up at the podium with no shirt on. Uh, I'm pretty sure the entire team has no shirt on at this point. JR took his shirt off before the final buzzer sounded. Come on. Hey, hey, that's that's an NBA champion. Like he's been here before. He knows what what the deal is. He was ready to go as soon as that clock hit triple zeros. It was it was beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. Uh yeah, man. I this was the the most dominant the Lakers have looked all year long and it came at the perfect time, man. That was just a master class of a game, especially defensively and 
man, we can't say enough about how incredible this team has been all year, but this time around it was just – it was perfect. It was a perfect basketball game from them. And to do that in game six of the NBA Finals against a team that um, is – such a hardworking team and, and doesn't make anything easy for anybody and has shown it throughout, you know, the series. They've, they've taken the Lakers more games than any, any of their other playoff opponents. Um, to do that now in this moment and get these big performances from your two stars and all these role players, that was just phenomenal. Um, it, it was just the perfect ending to this really incredible season. Yeah, I think it's um, <clears throat> something that Pete Zayas aka laker film room has brought up and shout out to Pete zayas i think pete gets a, a championship ring since he's a member of the lakers and that's awesome man that's so awesome to see his his rise and <laughs> it results in in him getting a, a championship ring I, i'm pretty sure at least that he'll get one but if not i mean he could say he, he was on, he's part of the lakers when they won an nba title that's pretty awesome to to say and and to see uh such a such a great dude uh get that get that honor so um but he he's said multiple times that this Lakers team has a gear that the other teams just don't. And we mm-hmm. saw that tonight with these guys committed to the defensive end. I thought they had a lot of you know, my spirits were a little they were, they were, my spirits were hit a little bit in the with the last loss cuz it's like, man, this Miami team is very resilient. You just gave them a little bit of hope and now they're looking at this as like all we got to do is win two two games and we can we can come back and, and win this thing. And yeah. it felt like the Lakers really squandered an opportunity to, to win the title. But, man, we, we've been saying it, um, that the this Heat team was so resilient, so good. They're so well coached. They're so tough. Um, I can't say enough good things. I mean, I, I was rooting for them coming out of the East because I just loved how they operated. They were very annoying yeah. to play against because they were so good. Um, and Jimmy Butler, man, credit to that guy. I think I don't know if he just ran out of gas in this game or what, but he was phenomenal up until this mm-hmm. point. And uh, just give I have so much respect for that guy, so much respect. Um, but the Lakers hit that gear that uh, these other teams just couldn't, and that especially that first half, man, was a masterful defensive performance. And even Frank Vogel said we're in the midst of a defensive masterpiece right now, and he yeah. he wasn't lying, like. It was just unreal the the level of intensity that they played at defensively, and I mean Miami. I thought in the first quarter had some looks that they probably were hitting earlier in the series that they didn't make, but everything they had to work for. Anthony Davis was a beast defensively once again, and this team. I mean, there there just weren't those breakdowns that we had we had seen in those two losses in this series, and even in some of the mm-hmm. wins. Uh, some of the wins there was just kind of some some slippage with focus and stuff like that, and. And in this game, I mean, you didn't really see that until the fourth quarter when it was just so far out of reach that uh, it didn't really matter. This this team, it was nice to see that they really exemplified one last time that when we play our best, we're just better than you. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was so rare in this game to see any real mistakes made by the Lakers. Everything that the Heat got, like you said, it was late in the shot clock. It was through a lot of work. Um, and man, Anthony Davis, there were a lot of people on the bird app calling him soft after the last game. And that dude just came back, uh, you know, with, with an injury with Vogel saying that they were hoping adrenaline would, would fuel him through this game because of the pain. And boy, I don't know if it was adrenaline or what it was, but that dude, he, he was blowing up every pick and roll. Uh, he was just swatting shots at the rim. He was doing everything defensively. 
Um, and that's not to take credit away from the rest of the Lakers, who all played phenomenally on that end of the floor. But everything uh, that the Lakers do on that end is, is through Anthony Davis and, you know, having a defensive player of the year. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to call him the defensive player of the year uh, out there. Um, and having that, uh, just that advantage over every team is just incredible. And, and when he's playing his best, um, then the Lakers are – it feels almost almost like they're unstoppable because <laughs> offensively they got another dude named LeBron James that, that can carry the load for them. He's he's pretty good at basketball, I would say. LeBron yeah, I, I would say he, he's he's done decent for himself. He's better at basketball than most people are at most things. So, um, <clears throat> no, there there were a lot of times where I thought AD was guarding multiple players at once in this game, especially on those pick and roll coverages where he's kind of, you know, given he's kind of close enough to where he knows he can bother the shot, but he's also getting back to the roll man. And like, he's just such a disruptor defensively. And, you know, there was, there was a lot of discussion, I think in the second half, cause the game was so far out of reach. Like, Oh, well who now all we have to figure out is who the finals MVP is. And I typically don't care about that sort of thing. I didn't really care about this one either. To me, the defensive MVP was clearly Anthony Davis, just a monster on that end, pretty much all series long. And offensively, it was it was LeBron James. I mean, AD shot seven of seventeen in this game. Not his best offensive game, but man, nineteen points, fifteen boards. Uh, remember, I mean, the Nuggets series. People kept talking about his low rebounding numbers and all this. What a way to to go out, right? Nineteen and fifteen. Yeah. Uh, defensively, just masterful performance defensively from him and, and the whole team. Um, I know Danny Green only shot four of ten, but it was really nice to see him hit three threes after the the BS that he had to deal with over the last forty eight hours. And KCP, mm-hmm. man, <laughs> unbelievable. He, I mean, we, I don't know for sure if the burner account is him or not, <laughs> but he never told a lie. He he called it and said it was it was it was done. Game six was going to be the last one, and. I mean, he was so good defensively chasing Duncan Robinson and, and Tyler Hero all night, and it, it didn't really hurt him offensively either. I mean, hit, he only hit two threes, but uh, 17 points, 6 of 13 shooting. Just another great game for him. And Alex Caruso, I mean, I'm wearing my Caruso shirt. Like, had to wear it. Caruso gets – like, I don't think Caruso <laughs> gets talked about enough in terms of his journey. Right, yeah. like this dude had to scratch and claw on a summer league roster to get noticed with a team that had just drafted, you know, a, presumably their franchise point guard for the foreseeable future, Alonzo Ball. And Caruso just shined. He just continued to shine and just continued to work his way up. And he went from a G League guy, you know, just scratching and clawing on a summer league team to starting in the NBA Finals. And this is the lineup I had been really waiting to see. I think I said it on one of these pods, or maybe we were talking about off-air a little while back. But I really wanted to see the, the Crusoe, KCP, Danny Green, LeBron, AD lineup. Because I feel like it wasn't a lineup we really saw very much. Yeah, And man, that honestly <laughs> might be the Lakers' death lineup. Like that, They were so good in this game. I, I think before this game, regular season and playoffs, I'm, and I might have this number slightly off, but I think they had played a total of 47 minutes together, that lineup. Yeah. And it's just unbelievable. They were amazing, and it made so much sense. Credit to Frank Vogel for doing this. People don't really make lineup changes uh, up 3-2 in Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Nobody really does this. The, the, the ballsiness to bench Dwight Howard um, and, and put in Caruso over anybody else 
was just phenomenal. You had now you have KCP and Caruso uh, running ground screens to to defend the Heat shooters and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. You're matching up perfectly with them. You got Danny Green matching up perfectly with Danny Crowder uh, or Jay Crowder, and, and it's letting him kind of play in the passing lanes. You got LeBron and AD uh, being able to basically switch between Bam and Jimmy Butler perfectly, and it just I think that's set the tone so well defensively. And if you look at Caruso's numbers, they're not going to blow you out of the, uh, you know, out of the water. But I believe he led the team in uh, plus minus again. Plus obviously, 20. Yep. <laughs> obviously, our, our little agenda here, only using some of them uh, plus minus for, for Alex Caruso reasons. But that, he was amazing. And it's just so cool. You're right. Like, we, we've kind of joked about this underdog Lakers thing for, for months now. And, uh, you know, part, partially in jest and partially because they clearly were the underdogs all, all, all year long. And this was a true Cinderella story. But Alex Caruso is an underdog story, man. Like <laughs> coming from uh, uh, Texas A&M to being undrafted to being in the G League and starting in the NBA finals and giving that performance and winning a championship is so effing cool. And he did it all in three years in the NBA um, while, <laughs> while being uh basically uh called a meme for his entire career because he's a balding white guy um which fair but also <laughs> he's really effing good and, and he really showed it and it's he's just one of the very many amazing stories on this lakers team and one of the very many players that i'm just so so happy for for this to happen to them it's that's the thing is like oh yeah he's oh he's just a meme whatever just a meme whatever no, this guy's an impactful basketball player. And I hope he's on the Lakers for several years to come because this dude plays defense at a very high level. And offensively, you know, his offensive production is going to come and go. Today, I mean, he had five assists in this game. I mean, that was second on the team behind LeBron's 10. That's not really something I think at the start of the year you would have expected Caruso to, to really bring you offensively. Is, mm-hmm. is setting up some of these other guys. And one of those assists was to LeBron coming down the lane and throwing down a dunk plus the foul that just got me. I mean, I was out of my chair most of the game, but, uh, yeah, it was just a beautiful thing to watch. And it's just it, – he's such a cool story. And, you know, to <clears throat> see his hard work, it paid off. And I know NBA Twitter has to be <laughs> so pissed <laughs> that Alex Caruso is an NBA champion. And it just – Oh, it just warms my heart. And I mean, your your wife is is probably you know, she probably took notice of of AC Fresh. So you better you better watch out. I, I'm not against the love triangle, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> especially after seeing AC at that presser, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out to Alex Caruso, man. I. I'm so glad he's a part of this team, and I'm glad he's going to be on the team again next year. And I'm excited to see what his his future holds. And man, if that guy becomes a more consistent three point shooter, look out, look out. That's that's going to be really fun to watch. But um, all right, let's talk about LeBron James. We got to talk about LeBron. I mean, because I have a lot of thoughts about LeBron, not only with this game, this series, but just I don't know what he's done already for this franchise because when he joined the Lakers, I believe the Lakers were a 35-win team, had a bunch of youngsters on the team. You know, I I don't know what his exactly his thought process was. I don't know if he thought, oh, I can grow it or I can really groom these young guys and we can get better, or if he thought, hey, there's a lot of 
trade pieces here and we can get a, a quality star player next to me and we can really write the ship. But man, he, like I said, when he came here, this was a 35, it was either 35 or 37. I think it was 35, but, um, but they're a team that didn't sniff the playoffs. They were in the middle of a playoff drought. They were rebuilding and he still came here and it took two years for him. Obviously not him alone. Um, obviously getting Anthony Davis is massive. Uh, Rob Palinka and and Jeannie Buss and the entire front office and and even Magic Johnson deserves credit for for recruiting LeBron to to come be a Laker. But the fact that he's now the only player in NBA history to win Finals MVP for three different franchises, which is just amazing to to say because you know as much as I think a lot of people want to see superstars play an entire career with one team or whatever and how that's kind of cool like we saw it with with Kobe and 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 Dirk and Tim Duncan like those those kind of guys it speaks volumes to LeBron's impact and his legacy that he's gone to three different franchises that were not really close to when he got there to sniffing an NBA championship and yeah he got it done for for all three i mean miami was was solid when when mm-hmm. he signed and obviously adding bosch with wade was was huge but his his impact not only with the, those other two teams the cleveland and miami but with the lakers and how quickly he's helped transform this team from being in the lottery every year to nba champion you know he's spearheaded kind of the, the whole thing it's been uh just remarkable to watch and and in this series he he's going to be 36 in two months and he's still out here the best player in the world and just doing some ridiculous like in this game 28 points 14 boards 10 assists this guy is just something else and you know I, i don't like to compare players between eras so like i don't really dive into the whole lebron versus jordan debate or whatever but just appreciate this guy while he's still playing because this is just it's unbelievable how long this guy has been this good like father time is undefeated but man lebron has given <laughs> father time everything it can handle it's just it's unreal there there's not really a lot more you can say about lebron he's he's done it all his legacy is pretty secure with or without this title um as at least a, a top 2 player in nba history um but watching it up close the way that we got to watch it this year um, is, is just an entirely different thing. You know, it's, it's it's one thing to observe it from afar and be like, wow, LeBron is obviously an amazing player and he's winning titles for all these franchises. But seeing the way that he turned this franchise around, um, you know, obviously credit to a lot of other uh, people as well, But but him coming here was truly the the turning point um unless you want to say uh kcb coming here was the turning point <laughs> was the which first i won't domino. argue against first domino. <laughs> uh but but the way he he that like the it's just this uh this like power that he holds on and off the court and he it feels like he knows exactly every chess move that needs to happen at all times and that all just kind of feeds into how great of a basketball player he is in general in terms of just the, the physical uh, abilities and, and, and skill sets. But he he's just always so far ahead of everybody else. And 
I mean, speaking of underdog stories, this is a dude who went through a lot of hardships early in his life um, with his family, with his, uh, a single mother and, and living through poverty. And to, to kind of come into this situation and, and become arguably the greatest ever at, at what he does and doing it in so many different situations, so many different circumstances, Oh, and by the way, through it all being just a class act uh, off the court and, and doing all these incredible things for his community um, and just being such a great person, uh, I've felt so blessed, you know, even if they hadn't won this championship, I, I, I felt so blessed to be able to root for him on my favorite basketball team. It, it's something that obviously is, isn't as important as, as a lot of the other things that LeBron does in terms of the people that it impacts, but it was just really cool being a, a front row supporter of him and, and seeing how amazing he is in so many different ways. Yeah, man, it's 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 unreal the impact that he he's had on the court, off the court, just everything. I mean, he's just a a special dude, man. Just really, really special. And he was asked today about. Um, just basically how, how long does he think he can play and all this stuff. But he, he, I think he, he basically echoed my, my thoughts is that he's got a lot of good basketball still left in him and he doesn't, he didn't want to put a cap on when really he's going to be, um, when he's going to hang it up or anything. Cause I, I don't think really anybody knows until they know for sure, but just, the Lakers are very blessed to have this guy, and especially the the circumstances this year that the the team really had to overcome. Obviously, everybody in the NBA um, had to deal with some very odd circumstances, some very difficult circumstances. But I, I remember thinking the Lakers, uh, when they were dealing with, with the Kobe tragedy and everything, I was like, I don't know if there's a better – person um to lead this franchise during something like that a better player to lead this franchise during something like that and lebron uh i don't know what else to say about it man he's it's the lakers are just so blessed to have him yeah uh and and you're right i i i think about that moment a lot of uh lebron talking at, at staples center um the, the first game that they played after uh, Kobe passed away. And I, I've always been a LeBron fan, so I wasn't one of those like, oh, now I, now I root for him things. But um, that was sort of this moment where, where it just felt like um, <laughs> I felt like he was a Laker. It was just like he, he meant so much to uh, the city of Los Angeles and he, and he meant so much to Lakers fans across the world um and you know it's his just he's just got such an, an aura around him of um feeling calm uh feeling calm in everything he does you know he he, he basically calms you down about off-court stuff and and on the court and and it's just um it's kind of surreal to, to have seen him. It was surreal to see him sign on with the Lakers. It's surreal to have seen him uh, 
kind of guide us through that hardship. And it's surreal now to see him be rewarded with uh, his fourth championship um, tonight. Yeah, man, it's <clears throat> it was just it was just awesome. This this whole thing is been an unreal experience to this team has just been such a joy to watch and you go back from day one and you know I've admitted that I was very wrong about how this team would handle the regular season and I I, when I was doing kind of my preseason podcast and stuff for for UCAS studios and kind of gauging where I thought this team might finish in the standings and everything I think I had them winning about 50 games um, and being about the third or fourth seed because I I really thought you know with with AD and his injury history, this is kind of an older team. There's a lot of veterans on this team. And plus, I had some some concerns about this roster. You know, I had concerns about the, the wing depth. I had concerns about playmaking. Um, and, but I did think that they would be right there when the playoffs rolled around and that they would be as dangerous as anybody and that they were a legit title contender. I just didn't think that they would prioritize the regular season the way they did. But they mm-hmm. proved a lot of people wrong by doing so. And that's just part of the, the adversity that this team – overcame throughout the year is like they fought hard to get home court advantage in the Western conference playoffs. And they would have had home court advantage in the NBA finals. And all that hard work was really for not, I mean, just basically for seeding purposes. Yeah. And I didn't even think that that really did them any favors. I thought the Clippers at the two had an easier path to the Western conference finals than the Lakers did. Um, but they blew a three, one lead to the nuggets in the uh, second round. It's important to remind people People do forget that. Yeah. Um, so, but that's that's just the thing is like this team, you know, didn't make excuses. They didn't pout anything like that. Like everything that was thrown at them this year between, you know, obviously losing Kobe and <clears throat> I mean, it really started before the season. Like DeMarcus mm-hmm. Cousins going down with the ACL injury and you know, they said, "All right, let's figure this out." They would go out and get Dwight Howard, who everybody mocked the Lakers for for signing, and he was he was unbelievable this year. I mean, he was an impactful player and didn't complain once about his role, anything. And there were multiple instances in this playoff run that him and Javale both got yeah. benched, and you didn't hear a single peep out of them. They mm-hmm. they were okay, like they were still you know positive on on the sideline. And they they just understood the sacrifice for what this team could accomplish. And credit to Frank Vogel, man. Credit to to Rob Polinka, Frank Vogel, Jeannie Buss, everybody that was involved in reestablishing Lakers winning culture. You know, there's 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 different teams in this league that have it, and it's it presents itself in different ways. Miami, I think, has winning culture, and I, I like I like I said at the start of this pod, I love that team. I love how how tough they are. Uh, Tyler Hero is a little annoying, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I love just the the grit that that team has, the the mental and physical toughness, and just how they play the game of basketball is just it was just beautiful to watch. Um, but there's there's different franchises that utilize it in different ways, and the Lakers just man the togetherness that this team showed throughout the year, obviously, and it's kind of the thing is like they went into this bubble without their normal starting point guard. And yeah. that was kind of a big deal. You know, we, I mean, we, we still had faith that this team could still overcome that because we figured oh Caruso is going to get more minutes now and he can pick up some of the slack and some of these other guys will step up. Um, but, and that's what happened. I mean, they, they lose Avery Bradley. These guys all step up in different ways and just find ways to get it done. And I mean, one of the, one of the uh, criticisms 
for this team early on in the year was, oh, they're beating bad teams. They can't beat good teams. We just watched them go 16-5 and in the NBA playoffs, and probably, what, maybe half? It feels like about half of those wins were absolute ass whippings. Yeah. And NBA Twitter, like, there's nothing you can say about this team. Get out. I don't want to hear any asterisk talk because, like I said, the Lakers fought hard for home court advantage, didn't even get to use that. All these teams went under the same circumstances in terms of the pandemic, the bubble, all that stuff. The Lakers have been, the Lakers and the Heat, and some of the reporters and and media members and stuff have been in that bubble for over 100 days. So some of these guys, I think LeBron hasn't seen his family, um, and some of these other guys haven't seen their family and and loved ones in like three, almost over three months. And they they stayed locked in on on the task at hand, and now we can say the job is finished. We definitely can. Oh my God, that's incredible. Um, yeah, man, this, this team, this team has, uh, the, the, the culture that you're talking about is right. Like, and, and the, the thing that I went back to today, uh, while I was watching this game and I, I tweeted this out from my account, um, the moment where we kind of felt a, a little bit relieved, I, I don't think it, it made us become like clear believers that they were going to win a championship, but uh, when Frank Vogel was introduced as the head coach of the Lakers um, and uh, had his press conference with the media way back in, I don't, I don't know when, like over a year ago, um, that was a really, really... really <laughs> don't, don't, don't mind me, just cracking open another one. Uh, that was a really rough time for the Lakers organization. That was uh, a... A, a change in, in the front office uh, that was not expected. Um, there was a lot of talk about uh, a toxic environment in the front office of, of Rob Palenka not being able to be trusted. Um, Frank Vogel himself was the Lakers maybe third uh, um, favorite uh, choice to be the, the, the head coach of the team. Um, there were a lot of questions about what this team would be like and whether they would be able to create this winning culture that we're talking about uh, under these circumstances. And it did not seem good. It did not seem likely. But Vogel, in his very first introductory press conference, um, he kind of had this, uh, gave us a sense of calm of like, all right, you know what? He might not have been the first option. He's not a sexy pick to be the head coach at all. But kind of trust them. Like he's, he's saying the right stuff. It seems like he knows what he wants from this team. And it seems like he's learned from the stops that he's had uh, previous to this one. He might be the right guy. And <laughs> I, I think he, he very much proved himself to be the right guy over the course of this year. Mm-hmm. And he created this atmosphere. And I think he deserves the most credit out of everybody. Not the only credit, but the most credit out of everybody in terms of creating this atmosphere where the players are so comfortable with each other, so confident in each other, uh, so willing to share in each other's achievements, um, so willing to sacrifice their own roles for the betterment of the team. You know, JaVale and Dwight are just a couple examples, but there's guys like, I don't know, uh, Quinn Cook was a a decent uh, bench player for the Warriors that that won championships. He Mm -hmm. was playing in games, and he really did not play a whole lot this year, but you ask anybody on this roster and he might be the most loved person on that team. Yeah. Um, 
and, and it just goes through the entire roster that, you know, KCP getting the support from Dwight Howard early on when he was struggling, Danny Green getting the support from KCP in, the, in these finals when he was struggling. Uh, it just goes coaching staff, players, front office. Everybody was so connected. And uh, I think Vogel really was the guy that um, created that atmosphere for the team and really they, they weren't going to win a championship if, if they didn't have that situation. It wasn't going to allow him to be so willing to make these uh, pretty wild lineup adjustments in, in game six of the NBA finals if, if the guys weren't willing to buy in on that. And I think they very much did buy in from day one and Vogel earned it. He oh, really did. 100%. 100%. It's, it's, it just kind of adds to the, the whole list of items that the Lakers had to kind of overcome, right? Like from, I want to say from like April – because April, I believe, of 2019 is when Magic unexpectedly yeah. stepped down right at the end of the season. And then, he, you know, he goes on first take and basically kind of talks all this all this stuff about Rob Palinka and, like, betrayal and all this stuff. And um, from that point all the way through, I mean, really going into the season where you had those questions about Vogel, how he wasn't their first choice and all this stuff. And... Um, you know, wondering if how how Rob Polinka could put together this team, and and I, I think it's been pretty evident once once Magic left, Polinka really took full control of this team, and he he did such a great job, man. Like he he kind of explained his his uh, his vision of with AD and LeBron, they wanted to get defenders around him, right? And last season it was let's get playmakers around LeBron. So we so he doesn't have to do so much playmaking, which I was like, okay, like I can give this a shot. Like I understand that the reasoning is you're kind of trying to save LeBron a little bit, uh, but it's pretty evident that you needed defenders and you needed three point shooters. And whenever AD went to the five man, this team could properly space the floor for for him and AD um, and all these other these other uh, these other shooters. And they it's obvious the Lakers learned from their mistakes last season um, in terms of how Palenka built this roster. And I mean, some of these, some of the criticism was the Lakers obviously can go after these stars. They've got LeBron, they've got AD. Can they win on the margins now? And that's, you know, an area that they had been struggling with for, for quite a while. And I mean, they bring back KCP. A lot of people kind of mock that. Um, And he was fantastic. I mean, he was the Lakers third best player during this playoff run consistently good offensively and defensively. I mean, I think a lot of people kind of wondered about him after the first playoff game where I think he went 0 of 9 against Portland, but that was also I feel like so long ago. <laughs> yeah. It's that was just one of those games the Lakers just nobody could seem to hit anything, but yeah. Um yeah, I mean KCP bringing back Caruso was huge, getting Danny Green. I know people were frustrated with Danny Green this year, but man, that guy was really good defensively most of the year and was a big part of this team's defensive success because like I said going into the year we kind of wondered about this team's wing depth and it's like oh Danny Green's gonna have a lot of responsibility kind of taking the best wing players we thought yeah you know he's gonna be the guy that gets Kawhi Leonard or Paul George mm-hmm. in this case maybe Jimmy Butler um obviously the Lakers have some some other weapons that they can use in LeBron and AD um to, to put on some guys like that which AD you can just put on anybody. It's it's just absurd what he can do defensively. But even I mean some of the some of these moves I think with guys that don't really play like a Jared Dudley, like a Quinn Cook, yeah. 
um, culture guys, like locker room guys. And they had this, this belief in Rondo, man, um, that it's pretty evident now that Rondo saves himself during the regular season, uh, to, to be full, a full go during the playoffs. Um, because in the playoffs, he just, he, he had some bad games during this playoff run, but man, he had some really good ones and he definitely went out on a, on a great one in this game. I I mean, another, and we'll talk about Rondo here in a second, but another move, Remember during the trade deadline, people were saying, oh, the Lakers should trade Kyle Kuzma, a first-round pick, and Danny Danny Green for Marcus Morris. Yeah. And, like, that was just absurd to me. Like, Marcus Morris is a quality player. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the Lakers waited. They were patient. Markeith Morris hits hits the, the buyout market, and... I mean, the Lakers bring him in, and he he fills his role the, the best that you could possibly ask. You know, he he had some highs and lows, just like every player does. But ultimately, he was he was a positive for this team. He allowed them to do a lot of things from a versatility standpoint, both offensively and defensively, and just another another way that the Lakers won on the margins. You know, you can go down the list. Dwight Howard was a, a great a great pickup for this team all year long. Was really really good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, just and the fact that they put together this roster while waiting yeah. for Kawhi yeah. Leonard for what seemed like an eternity to make up his mind, and then he says no to the Lakers, and the Lakers quickly executed Plan B and got these guys and filled out this roster that a lot of people laughed at and said there's no shot. I mean, there were models saying the Lakers literally had zero chance to win an NBA title this year, and all they did throughout the season was prove they're the best team in the league. Uh, Milwaukee was in that discussion, but it was still like, we've seen LeBron prove it in the playoffs. We need to see a Milwaukee team that hasn't proven it in the in the postseason actually do it. Um, and you saw it again. I mean, granted, Atenokubo got hurt, but they were down 3-0 when he did get hurt. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm glad at least on Atenokubo on did get a ring this year. This wasn't it. Just wasn't Giannis. Uh, maybe Giannis can can join in uh, after next season, and he can just join his brother, and and we can maybe go for a three peat. Who knows? Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but Costas might let him borrow that ring every once in a while. He he should just show it. Like that's the free agency pitch, and <laughs> whatever, whenever the next off season is, not this current one, but the next one, is they just bring <laughs> Costas, and he just drops his championship ring on the on the table like. Want one of those? <laughs> you see the video of JaVale? <laughs> There's yes, a video going I around of uh, – I don't know if JaVale is the one filming Kostas, but Kostas has, has his Greek and Nigerian flags around him. And JaVale basically yells something like, they keep talking about the Greek freak, but this one's got the ring first. <laughs> <laughs> Just incredible, incredible stuff. Um yeah, man. Uh, I don't even know what we were talking about. I got I got too excited about that. But uh, I don't far, know. It's, it's my favorite so far. Shout out to Javale too, man. Like starter all year long, and then the playoffs roll around, and he's he's benching a couple different series and just doesn't seeing the floor at all. And yeah. like I said, man, like him and Dwight, like both kept positive spirits, kept rooting on the team, and bringing that positive energy, and didn't they didn't hang their heads. They just you know kept rooting on the team and understood what was what was at stake and what this team was after and i mean javel has got what three championships now 
Three rings for my Nevada boy. Important <laughs> to remember, one Nevada alum won a ring with the Lakers this year, and no Boise State wins it. I will <laughs> kick your ass off this podcast. <laughs> uh, shout out Kobe Carl. He got close. He got close back in the day. Um, but no, I mean, just another example of this team's culture and this team's chemistry. Um, just beautiful to watch. Like guys, like a lot of times when that happens, like you see it. Like guys are not happy and i think a good example too is i was i'm always curious like when a finals mvp is named and it could go to two different players how the other player kind of reacts and so when they announced lebron like i was like all right i want to see like ad's reaction i I didn't think he was going to pout or anything but like he was so like genuinely excited for lebron and was like you know clowning around joking around with him and i was like that's like that right there is is just awesome because i mean we saw it with shaq and kobe where it was like you know, you have two alphas kind of going head to head, and sometimes they butt heads, and that can be problematic. Um, yeah. And these two guys don't have that. LeBron has said it like they they're not jealous of one another, and I think LeBron probably dealt with that a little bit with Kyrie in in Cleveland. Um, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's that's just the beautiful thing about this team man is is they were all team first and they understood their roles what they what was expected of them and just stuck to it and just beautiful to watch but i was talking about rondo i said we were going to talk about rondo we have to talk about playoff rondo for our man david chia who is probably blackout drunk right now in uh, some kind of <laughs> rondo shirt or jersey who knows oh, I, I don't i don't think he's wearing a shirt <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. Maybe he's wearing some Rondo socks or Rondo underwear. I don't even know. It would sur- nothing would surprise me at this point. <laughs> but, dude, Rondo in this game, 19 points, 8 of 11 shooting. He had three of his four three-pointers. He had four assists, four rebounds. He was just – he played 30 minutes in this game. It's funny. During the regular season, we'd be pissed off that he played 30 minutes. Yeah. And in this game – this game, honestly, he was probably the third best player. Um, as good as I thought KCP was, um, Rondo was just unreal, man. And it's just it's crazy to see the difference between playoff Rondo and regular season Rondo. Because, like I said, as frustrating as he is, because it's always it always feels like an effort thing with him in the regular season that doesn't exist nearly as much in the playoffs. And I mean, he, he was a big, big uh, part of this team winning this championship. And now I have to go get a freaking Rajon Rondo Laker jersey to, to you know, keep my word on, on that bet. He had like three drives, I think, in the second quarter where it was just straight line drive to the, uh, to the basket. And not once did he look to pass it. He was going off glass for the layup every single time. And it was like, who who the hell is this man? <laughs> like, regular season Rondo gets into the paint and, like, picks up this dribble and tries to pass it out. And that's where, where the turnovers come from. He was so aggressive again today. And, man, he's just – he is so good when he does that. And it's – I wish he would do it more often. But, man, if it, if it helps him – do it in the in the playoffs then i can i can live with some of these crappy performances in the regular season and by the way like i I think my worry with rondo was never really the offense even though like yeah he's not a great shooter so so teams will play off of him and that crowds is facing i was always way more worried about the defense and because of the effort like you said i don't think 
there were very few times these playoffs where I was like, oh, man, Rondo's really getting burnt out there. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, he's, he's really giving up a lot of points on the defensive end. I, I don't really feel that way at all. He might not always be a great defender, although he had his moments there as well. But I never really felt like he was much of a liability on that end of the floor at all. No, I, I totally agree. And, like, in he had a, a, a number of games. But this game especially, he was just – I mean, I tweeted out he was just absolutely fantastic in this game on both ends of the floor. Uh, he's we we kind of saw there. There's times he he shows like flashes of how he was back in like from like 08 to like 2013, where he's just such a pest defensively. He had a couple moments in this game where he either forced a turnover or was very close at doing it. Um, it's just like. There, there's just flashes of, of that brilliance and that that beautiful basketball mind at work, and yeah. obviously he's not the same player that he was back in 2012, 2013. Where I think at that point he started to enter the discussion as like best point guard in the league. Like he was mm-hmm. in that in that discussion. And hell, I think against LeBron's Miami team in the Eastern Conference Finals, he had like a 44 point game or something something like that. Um, but yeah, man, th- this guy. <laughs> Doubted him all year. Happy to say I was very wrong about him. I, I I knew playoff Rondo was a thing. I just I was like I just can't see it. Like we saw a full almost a full regular season of evidence, and I just I didn't really see it. I've been watching him what for the last two years, and man, Celtics fans yeah. have to be sick watching <laughs> Rondo win a title in purple and gold. Like it just warms my heart knowing Bill Simmons, who probably once loved Rondo to death because yeah. he was like the most annoying player ever. And now he's winning a title next to LeBron in purple yeah. and gold. Like it just warms my heart to know that Celtics fans are just absolutely sick watching that. Think, think about it. It's it's a, a Celtic basically legend in in Rondo playing for the Lakers, playing with LeBron, who, who is a, like a villain to Celtics fans, playing with Anthony Davis, who they thought they were going to get, but they didn't because they're too big of cowards to trade for anybody. Uh, it's just they get a, really a, close a, to trading for people. Though. <laughs> They're always very close. My grandpa uh, always told me close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> Wise man. Um, they, they also almost drafted Tyler Hero. I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh, <laughs> they were groaning or moaning or whatever that, that report was. When, oh, when got a couple times Damn it. Not again. Um, but this begs the question, and we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about this because it's more for giggles. Is Rondo a Hall of Famer now? He won a ring with the Celtics and the Lakers. I mean, he was an assist champ for a while. I think if you yeah. if you win a title with the Lakers, you should automatically go in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> That's my thing. I think Alex Russo just cemented himself as a Hall of Famer in this. Oh, I mean, that one's a, that one's you're, that's a that's a low bar you're setting. I think. Okay. Jared Dudley, Quinn Cook. Yeah. Okay. Kevin Horton Tucker. They're all Hall of Famers. Uh, <laughs> Devonte Kaycock, he's a Hall of Famer now. Yes. Congrats to the Lakers on all cementing their their spot <laughs> in the Hall of Fame for this uh, legendary Cinderella story. Underdog Lakers, <laughs> hashtag we believe, championship run. <laughs> no, uh, it's – I've never been happier to be wrong about a certain player than, than Rondo yeah. because 
I hated the team that he played for. I used to love Rondo's game, like back sure. in you know when he was really in his prime and everything. And that guy, I mean, he's an interesting story too because he had a lot of kind of fallouts with a number of teams, right? Like the Mavs basically just sent him home at one point and were done with him. Uh, played didn't with, give him his playoff money. <laughs> yeah, like he played for the Kings, kind of had a little resurgence with the Bulls. Obviously, I think him and Jimmy Butler – had uh, had respect for one another playing on the on the, that Bulls team together and um yeah it's it's just cool man it's really cool to see like in 2009 I think I've seen a couple people tweet this but it's it's so true in 2009 if you'd have said LeBron James is going to lead the Lakers to a championship next to, to Rajon Rondo and Dwight Howard you'd have been like what the hell are you talking about? It's like a fever dream. <laughs> yeah, and like it's it's crazy. Not only that those guys are, you know, playing 11 years later cuz a lot of players, even some of the good players like don't play that long in the league, but I mean, they were Rondo more so in the playoffs in the regular season, but he was an impactful player. Dwight was an impactful player for a lot of points this season. LeBron, almost 36 years old, is still the best player in the world to me and Anthony Davis isn't far behind him. And I, it's, uh, it's pretty just mind boggling, man. Like this was, this was an older team. Like the Lakers went in one year from one of the youngest teams in the league to one of the older teams in the league. And they were still from a physical standpoint, just more athletic. They were basically anybody they went up against in the playoffs. They were bigger, faster, and stronger than everybody and that's a testament to rob palenka and the entire front office on putting this team together and if you thought the lakers were good now wait until we release uh baby tht next year (laughs) y'all are in trouble i'm just saying uh but my favorite part of this game was uh a or i think it was danny danny who goes to the bench when he picks up his third foul or something He's just kind of complaining to everybody, and THC standing there, like shaking his head, like, "Yes, I agree with you, definitely." He's <laughs> like brown nosing a veteran. <laughs> hey, he's, he's he's a smart he's a smart rookie, man. Yeah, he he, he tanked all those Madden games, that's, and that's what that's led true. him to to be playing in in the uh, whatever it was the second round against the Rockets, and he was boosting team chemistry too. So, <laughs> shout out to THT, man. I'm excited about his future. All jokes aside, I'm excited about his yeah, future. And I'm excited right. about this team's future. Obviously, we never know when LeBron is just finally, like, father time's finally going to catch up to him. You know, you would think it would happen at this point going in. Like, he, he made an interesting point in one of his postgame interviews that, um, like, it's October. Like, technically, he's like, this would be when I'm starting year 18. Yeah. And, you know, we're, t- <laughs> we're in mid-October talking about a Lakers championship it's very bizarre times that we're living in, but um, he just hasn't shown many signs of slowing down. And even with, you know, basically, <clears throat> I know it doesn't get called and it might seem whiny on my part, but like basically the teams that they ran into, their response to guarding LeBron was let's play a legal defense and hope we don't get called. And it didn't get called very often. Like we saw it with Houston at times, uh, more so with Denver and and Miami, where guys are just standing in the paint guarding absolutely nobody whenever LeBron and AD have the ball. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's all you can really do. And, like, it just didn't matter. Like, I, I felt like LeBron kind of turned it on in spurts in this game and still puts, you know, puts down 28 
14 and 10 in this game. And it's just, I, I know we were talking about him earlier, but he's, he's just unbelievable, man. Just, I think I've heard a couple people say this might be the longest prime that sports has like ever seen. Like it's, it's absurd. Like whatever wine he's drinking, like I need some of that. Oh man, he's gonna be drinking so much wine for the next couple of weeks. It's gonna be insane. <laughs> wine drunk LeBron for for two weeks straight. His Instagram stories must see material. All, all we know is J.R. Smith is definitely drunk. I got on his Instagram live when the team was on the bus, and that dude was not making any sense at all. <laughs> he was hammer drunk, but I respect it. Did you, did you get on at the same time as Quinn Cook asking them to U-turn to go pick him back up? <laughs> no. Did they leave Quinn Cook? No. Yeah, they left him at the arena. <laughs> he was like, yo, I got to walk back to the hotel after I won a championship. <laughs> Okay, maybe the Lakers' uh, culture is not as good as I thought it was. We're, we're leaving guys behind on the on the bus, but <laughs> no, man, it's this team was just such a joy to watch all year long. Um, I was texting my dad about it, which is crazy. Like the parallels that this team kind of has to the 2009 Lakers, in a sense. Which, like, one of my things with I've noticed with when you make like a a large roster overhaul is sometimes it takes a year for you to really figure it out and kind of lose together before you can win together. Obviously, there are examples of it, the 2008 Celtics for one, and apparently if you ask them, they've won every title ever since 2008. You would think that they won nine titles with as much as they brag about 2008. But um, but like the Lakers, when the Lakers got Powell, right? They, they it's, a, it's a big shift in how their roster is built. And they, they lose that first year that they got him. They learned a harsh lesson, came back the next year, and were, were better. And then won in 2010. Um, and, and you see, like, LeBron's Heat team. You know, I think a lot of people thought, all right, it's going to be the Lakers and Heat in the finals. Lakers get put out early. And everybody thought, oh, well, the Lakers or the Heat are going to easily win this title. The Mavs beat them. Um, and then Miami learned, I think, from that point on that Wade cannot be our best player. It's got to be LeBron. And LeBron kind of was just better after that. LeBron was, I mean, as good as he is now, like back then was just insane. Like at one point was flirting with like a 60% field goal percentage for the season and 40% from three. Um, Just absurd numbers. But, but usually, you know, when you go through such a a massive roster change, sometimes you, you got to learn. And the Clippers learned the hard way this year when they blew a three, one lead in the second round. just want (laughs) to remind people it's been, I think, Check my non-existent watch here. Uh, half an hour or so since I reminded people of that, but they learned a hard hard lesson this year, um, and you know we'll see if they grow from it or if they make big changes or whatever. But this Lakers team, man, I mean, as as much like adversity as they really fought this year, the biggest playoff adversity they they faced was either being down 0-1 or being up three <laughs> two because Miami won Game Five. Like it's crazy that the, the on court stuff like they were just so dominant all year just such a joy to watch even given all the bs that they had to had to deal with and all the outside noise of you know people really critical of their roster construction and you know basically after like if you listen to media media talk all year it was lebron ad and a bunch of like g-leaguers like that's that's the narrative that the lakers roster was and and the the jackie mcmullen clip 
it always makes me smile uh, uh, how the Lakers were going to have to adjust to to fitting in AD, and it's like you don't have to adjust. Like LeBron and AD is such a perfect match, and yep. tonight was another one of those nights where I was just like. The NBA really let LeBron James and Anthony Davis team up. <laughs> How did you guys think it was going to go? I, you know, who, who's going to score on that late Clippers? You know what I mean? <laughs> Apparently <laughs> Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Meanwhile, the Lakers are out here holding a team to 36 points in the first half of a finals game. This is like, yeah, not, not everything about this Lakers team was certain, but... You should have known they were a fucking good team. Like, LeBron and AD, as you said, AD, you, we can have our arguments about whether he's the best teammate that LeBron has ever played with. You know, you can have your opinions about Dwayne Wade, he, Kyrie. He whoever. is. He <laughs> is. But he is the most natural fit with LeBron uh, out of all those guys. Because it's never like, all right, LeBron, take the ball. It's your turn. Now it's AD's turn. It's them working together. It's them playing together, playing that two-man game. Um, and it's just <laughs> when you have two top five level NBA players on your team, you're going to be great no matter what. You might not win a championship just having that, but you're going to you're, you're in that conversation. But then on top of that, the Lakers had these role players that nobody, nobody trusted. But as, as much as they overplayed, uh, you know, uh, their, their talent level, I think. Those are guys that we knew were pretty good. Like Danny Green is a champion. He's he's won three championships on three on three different teams as well, just like LeBron. And he's as as much shit as everybody gave him. And you know he didn't have the greatest finals, but he's been an, a very very important part of this team all year long. He is consistently one of their uh, most impactful players in terms of just them outscoring teams when he is on the court. Um, KCP was good last year too. Like there's, there's a reason they brought him back is because he was good. Um, I, I mean, we can go down the list, but all these guys have proven themselves at some point, maybe they weren't proven champions or they weren't proven playoff performers, but they were good enough that when you put them next to the dude who is famous for getting the most out of his teammates, like out of any superstar that the NBA has ever seen, the guy that is best known for doing that, it, it shouldn't be that much of a surprise that that they had this dominant of of a playoff run, the how of how good they were. Well, and LeBron highlighted it in one of his post game interviews that I was watching that not only are they just such a perfect fit on the court, but those guys hold each other accountable. And um, AD said it before the season even started. Where they're like, you know, are you going to hold LeBron accountable defensively? And he was like, yeah. And I expect him to do the same to me. Like I expect yeah. all these guys to do the same thing. And LeBron highlighted that in one of his post game interviews, where there was a play earlier in the series where he tried to throw throw it down to AD in the post, and he overthrew it, and. You know, he was like, he, he said something along the lines of, I was pissed at AD, AD was pissed at me, we're both arguing, and before we get, like, to half court, we're both like, alright, you know, that's my bad, like, you know, like it's it's all good, and like, he's like, going to the huddle at the timeout, they had already put it past him, 
and like they were, they held each other accountable and they said all right let's like it's it's in the past let's let's fix it and let's not make the same mistake going forward and yeah. that's that's the type of thing that you need like you need guys that are, and I think Miami has that too with Jimmy Butler and a lot of the guys on their roster that Jimmy Butler is going to call out BS when he sees it but he also is going to respect when somebody does it back to him and yeah. it's something that we saw with Kobe Kobe was you know the type of psychopath that like if somebody wanted to fight him on the court that's the type of guy he wanted on the team that's not like a no i don't want that guy anywhere near this team like uh, no that's a guy i want um you know we saw with with like matt barnes was the perfect example i mean they go go and sign him what the year after uh (laughs) he did the whole like ball fake in his face kind of thing yeah. And everybody's like, wait, what? That's <laughs> not Matt Morris. But Ron, Ron Artest. Ron Artest, too, yeah. Uh, that playoff series, they kind of went at each other. But um, that's that's the type of leadership you need, man. That's holding guys accountable and not, you know, these guys weren't afraid to be the bad guy and they never took it personal whenever, you know, they corrected one another and they just figured it out every, every step along the way. And didn't matter what challenge was thrown in front of them. They solved it. You know, they came together and they solved it. And a lot of times it was in different ways. Some, a lot of, I mean, most nights it's LeBron and AD or LeBron or AD, but sometimes it was different guys stepping up. And we've said this probably a hundred times now that the Lakers not having a clear cut third guy kind of worked in their favor because they had a number of guys that could step up each and every night. And it could be a different guy just coming at you as the third best player that, that night. Sometimes it was K- a lot of times it was KCP. Sometimes it was Danny Green. Sometimes it was Alex Caruso, Dwight Howard. Like it, it's it's all these guys, and it was just such a collective effort, and that's what made this team so good, so dominant, especially defensively. Um, which I think LeBron deserves a lot of credit for how he turned it around defensively this year, because last oh, year yeah. the, the he he deserved a lot of criticism for his play defensively last year. Um, but this year it was it was night and day. He was so much better, and you see the result. You see the result. The Lakers are holding up the Larry O'Brien Trophy and 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 bringing Larry Ob back uh, where he belongs, back to L.A. And um, I'm excited for those guys to be able to get out of the bubble and and go home yeah. and see their families and everything because I know that probably hasn't been uh, a fun three months being kind of stuck in the bubble, but. Uh, the job is now finished, and now they can they can really go celebrate it. Obviously, we would love to have a championship parade for it. Probably uh, not going to happen, given the circumstances. But it, it's it's still sweet nonetheless. So, just I, I'm so proud of this team, and I all I can really say is I, I love this team, man. They were such a joy to watch all year. Low stress most of the way. I mean, there was a couple Clippers losses that were a little annoying, but man, they were just so much fun to watch. Yeah, I, I can't get over uh, how happy I am for so many of these guys. Like, they all have such great individual stories, I think. Like, the LeBron and AD stuff is, is obvious, but, like, Dwight coming back after seven years, um, after having such a bad exit with the Lakers and, and being so hated by fans, uh, coming back and winning his first title in Orlando where he started his career and the only other time he had been in the finals before that, Um KCP in, in terms of the, the the criticisms that he's gotten for so long and being such a crucial part of this team, Alex Caruso, 
the G leaguer and undrafted guy that became uh, such an important piece. Uh, Kyle Kuzma completely changing his game, becoming a, a defensive minded player instead of an offensive minded one and giving them important minutes. Um, man, I, I could go on and on. Quinn Cook, I think I might be the happiest for Quinn Cook. I, I know he didn't play a whole lot, but that is a dude who grew up a Lakers fan with his father who, who's passed away. And I, I will never get the image of him out at, uh, at LA Live outside of Staples Center with the fans after Kobe passed, mm-hmm. um, hugging, guy, uh, hugging all the fans and, and crying. I will never get that image out of my, like, out of my brain. I'm, I'm going to be thinking of that for a very, very long time. And he is such a, a well-loved guy by everyone around the NBA, but especially this team that I'm so happy for him to get this ring because I, I know this means so much to him and it means a lot to a lot of these guys. And it's just really cool to um, have all these players that, that we've come to really appreciate um, and really enjoy having on our team for various different reasons. And it's pretty great uh, to, to be able to celebrate them now. Yeah, Quinn Cook especially, man, growing up, he he's made it very well known that he grew up a, a big Laker fan, like had that bond with his dad as, as you know, Laker fans. And that really hits home with me um, because the the reason I'm a Laker fan is because my dad. Um, and it's, it's kind of crazy because I was, I was talking earlier about the kind of the parallels to 2009. Obviously it's been highlighted before, but like LeBron going for his fourth ring in Orlando, Kobe was going for his fourth ring in Orlando. They both win it in Orlando playing. I mean, obviously playing a, a team from Florida, no, no less. Um, <clears throat> but they play the Rockets in the second round, the Nuggets in the Western conference finals. It's, it's funny because in 2009, I, Watched the finals with my best friend. My dad, I did not get to watch because he was at game five in Orlando. I'm still bitter that he did not find a way to bring me with, but it's okay. (laughs) But uh, he he was there, and I know that was an unforgettable experience for him. Uh, And I love you, Dad, if you're listening to this. But uh, my dad also, a couple days ago, um, him and him and my mom went down to Florida on a little vacation <laughs> that they planned. So I was like, this is just like 2009 kind of all over again. Cause they're, he's down in Florida while I'm, you know, watching this game without him. Um, but he'll be back tomorrow. So I'll give him a big hug. We were texting throughout this game. Um, but yeah, anyways, getting back to the whole Quinn cook thing. Like it's, it's so cool because he grew up a big Laker fan and you, you saw how, and yeah, I agree with you. Like the, the image that, of, of him and, you know, you could tell he was just heartbroken with the, the COVID news, like pretty much all of us were. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I know people got annoyed with like Laker fans looking at like certain numbers and being like, oh, Kobe, Kobe, you know, Kobe this. Laker scored yeah. 124 points, Kobe, like all that stuff, which I, I don't even want to dive into that because I get annoyed with how people tell others to deal with, you know, something that affected them. But um, it's it makes this one very sweet, very, very sweet given – the the loss of Kobe and Gigi and um, the the heartbreak that we all kind of experienced um, together as a Laker family and obviously Vanessa and the Bryant family I hope you know this this brought them some joy tonight to be able to watch the Lakers obviously win this for Kobe that he was obviously um, 
in their hearts throughout this whole journey. Um, I mean, they're, they're breaking huddles going Mamba on three and his, his, his legacy and his impact continues to continues to be there. Um, and it's, it's, it's really cool to watch, but, um, yeah, man, it's, it's just a special team, special team. And I, I think this team still, like LeBron says, deserves their respect. Um, so give them some damn respect because they were not only great during the regular season, they were great in the playoffs and they beat a very good Miami team, albeit they were, you know, a little banged up, but all you can do is, is play the teams that are in front of you. But this game also kind of reminded me of, of 2009 in a sense that we kept saying that Miami, you know, this is not a team that's going to roll over, right? They're not going to just let you, let you win. And we, we saw that in game five, that this team is resilient as hell. You're, you were going to have to beat them. You were going to have to take it from them. And I thought really in the first half of this game, the Lakers just – the second quarter especially, which kind of reminded me of game five of the 2009 finals where the Lakers went on a massive run and just broke Orlando's will. I think the Lakers kind of did that today. They just – they broke Miami's will, and I, I think Miami just couldn't recover after that because the Lakers were up 28 at the half. I think at one point it was 36, and – it was it was beautiful to see after as disappointed as we were the other night after losing game five, they absolutely showed a killer mindset, killer mentality, and just went and, and, and captured the, the championship. And they said, you know, to hell with, you know, the, these battles and everything and allowing these guys to hang around. We're just going to go knock them out. And they delivered one hell of a knockout punch tonight. And they they beat the uh, Sunday white <laughs> jersey curse that apparently was going around. I don't even know what their record was, but everybody keeps saying that they that they lost in those a lot in the playoffs. Is that even true? I think they they definitely lost that Nuggets game at the white jerseys, I believe. Yeah, I honestly don't remember. Um, wanted them to win in the Mamba jerseys, that would have been yeah. sweet. But I mean, it doesn't like it's it doesn't really matter. Like we all know part of what's motivating this team and just. Everything that they endured this year, it's it's so sweet, man. It's it's so sweet yeah. to, to see this team raise the trophy. And I, ju- I just wish it somehow could have been in front of a packed Staples Center crowd. But hopefully next year. Hopefully yeah. next year they can repeat and uh, and do it in front of, you know, a packed Staples Center crowd and, and the place going nuts. So I, I will just point out uh, Vanessa on, on Instagram. Vanessa Bryant uh, posted a couple of really nice things about – um, but the Lakers won in the title, and that was very heartwarming and emotional. And um, I do hope that uh, you know it, it's hopefully at least a little bit of happiness for them. Um, I, I know things that that remind them of Kobe must not be easy at all, mm-hmm. um, and it isn't for us. You know, I, I was celebrating celebrating an NBA championship, and I saw Vanessa's post, and it made me cry a little bit. Um, yeah. It's it has been really really difficult for a lot of people, but especially for them. And I'm I'm really glad that the players um, made it a point to really point that out. We never really wanted to put that pressure on them of do this for Kobe because that's just uh, it's very unfair to them mm-hmm. uh, with all the other pressures that they have to deal with. But uh, now that they have done it, it, it is really really cool to see them acknowledge that um, and acknowledge how much it meant to them. And uh, conversely, seeing Vanessa acknowledge how much it meant to her and her family as well is, is really, really cool. 
I I really hope I know I don't know if it would really mean all that much to to her, but I it would be cool. I think if like Vanessa and the girl has got like a championship ring too. Yeah, uh, I think that would be I really agree. really cool. So yeah, hopefully the the Lakers do something like that for them because they've obviously been through a lot this year. Um, and our our love goes out to them. I know it's it like you said it can be easy to be reminded of that even in such a happy moment. But um, yeah, I I don't know. All I could say is. Our hearts go go out to the Bryant family and and everybody that was that was close to Kobe and um, hopefully this this night brought them some joy in what has obviously been a very difficult year for them. So, yeah. all right, uh, let's. I don't have anything else. Uh, all I can really say is just I love this team so much. Um, but I don't have anything else. We can run through uh, some some chat questions and comments if, if you don't have anything else you want to add. Yeah, let's do that, except you're going to have to be looking through uh, roughly 10 <laughs> messages from Jacob that are apparently just song lyrics. Jacob is probably drunk off his that, ass right now. That boy is drunk. He is. <laughs> I, I can confirm this. That dude, has, I think he's been drinking all day. <laughs> we stand our uh, Bud Light <laughs> drinking, <laughs> drinking key. <laughs> All right, let's get to this. Uh, Caruso, let's see. Yes, we, we did start with the Ron Artest uh, champion song. It was only it was only right because uh, that was the last time the Lakers won the title was with Ron Artest, you know, hitting some big shots in a game seven. So had to to shout out one of the one of the original goats, uh, Ron Artest. Uh, Caruso led the game with plus minus. Hell yeah, it fits our narrative. Well, we really brought it up. Uh, <laughs> Also, can we talk about that 30-footer Dwight hit to cap the yes. season? That was a perfect way to cap this baby off, man. When he hit that, that I was that, just like, yes. A Dwight Howard three being the final bucket of this Lakers season, oh, just perfect. I, I love it so much. I totally predicted that last October. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. If it weren't for the salary cap, how much would LeBron be worth? This is an interesting question because I've always thought um, really for like the last 10 years, a lot of talk has been about like super teams are bad for the league and all this stuff. And um, I've always thought if you don't want super teams anymore, do away with the max contract and let a team like the Bucks <laughs> offer LeBron $60 million a year. And like, you won't have super teams anymore, but LeBron, whatever price tag you want to, you want to list, man. I mean, he's worth every penny. You either give him a blank check and let him write the biggest number he can think of, or uh, literally half half ownership stake in the <laughs> franchise. Pretty much, man. I mean, he's he's proven it with three different franchises, winning Finals MVP with three three franchises, and it's not like an Andre Iguodala MVP Finals MVP award where like he was just kind of. I mean, he's like a role player that played exceptionally well in the finals. Like that dude is a bad dude. Like. Yeah. arguably the greatest player that we've ever seen. So it's, yeah, he's, he's unreal. Like Hani said, hand him a, a blank check and uh, yeah, we'll just sign off on it. So uh, let's see LeBron's leadership and bond with everyone on the team, even before the pandemic really paid dividends in the bubble. Yeah. I mean, LeBron's leadership was, was great this year. I thought leadership basically from the top down, from the front office to the coaching staff, to LeBron, uh, Rondo, AD, all these guys, man, the chemistry was just absolutely beautiful. So, uh, is it time to appreciate Kurt and Linda Rambis? I mean, sure. I, I don't, I don't know what for specifically, but they helped build this team. Um, 
and and I appreciate Kurt Rambis's Twitter likes. <laughs> do not do that while I'm mid drink. You bastard. Anyways, I'm not going to comment on that, but uh, I will give credit to everybody that made this thing go this year, and that include, includes Kurt and Linda Rambis. I don't know exactly the extent of what they do on a day-to-day basis, but hey, everybody in this franchise, top-down, deserves credit because this was a truly special year and a special team that was just a joy to watch. So uh, let's see, Playoff Gary, Beer Pong, and Cake Stand Champion showing us how it's done. <laughs> that, was a, that was a few years back. That was a few years back, but... Uh, I appreciate the shout out. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jacob says, "Heart you boys, Jacob. I really like drunk Jacob. It's almost like sober Jacob and drunk Jacob. Drunk Jacob is like regular season and playoff Rondo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I do like drunk Jacob more. No, but uh, in all uh, seriousness, we, we our our podcast used to be the three of us." Um, and I miss you, you traitor. <laughs> uh, Jacob also asks, what was your favorite tanking moment? Because as some of you know, some of you that have been with us for these five years, it's been a wild journey. But we started this stupid site, <laughs> this stupid site as Team Tank 15 on Twitter because we wanted the Lakers to get Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, one of those top prospects in the draft because they sucked. And Byron Scott was a terrible coach. Uh, and now we're NBA champions. We had a lot of tanking moments. Um, honey, I'll throw it to you. I can think of one off the top of my head. Uh, there's, there, all right, there's a couple, I guess. But I'll throw it to you if you have one. I'll, I'll go with uh, – hmm. There, there are a few. Should I go positive or negative? Both. They go one that was just atrocious or one that was really fun. Both. Because I, right. I, I, really, I got both, I guess. Okay. The really fun one for me was actually against Miami uh, of Marcelo Huertas <laughs> hiding behind Eric Spoltra <laughs> and running from behind to, uh, I think it was, um, you got a steal. I think it was against Dragic. Uh, Game plan I for that, Spoltra. That. <laughs> that was one of the most incredible plays ever. A negative one. This it wasn't like this wasn't the worst one by any means, but for some reason it's always stuck in my head of D'Angelo getting an inbounds from the baseline, and he's like kind of letting the ball bounce for a little while, and he's on, he's on the sideline, and he like he just like loses the ball somehow, and he's like just stumbling over himself, and the ball rolls out of bounds, and an incredible moment in his Lakers career. One negative, I guess. Uh, I can think of is the Lakers have to foul. Jeremy Lin <laughs> is not fouling because Byron Scott told him not to foul. And Kobe is sitting there screaming at him to foul. So the other team, I don't remember even who they were playing. I think it was the Grizzlies. Yeah. They, Conley, I believe. Yeah. Because they could have dribbled out the clock and won the game. And Kobe's yeah. l- literally screaming at him to foul and just says, Screw it, I'll do it myself and sprints to Conley. Conley probably his heart skipped a beat seeing Kobe look like a freaking middle linebacker coming full speed at him and and fouls him and like he was very upset. But that that was an epic moment. Um so that's my negative one. Uh two positive ones I can think of, both kind of center around D'Angelo Russell. Um there I mean there's a lot that I'm th- kind of thinking of now, but 
two that I remember that were really were good moments uh, during the tanking years. One was hitting the, I think it was his last shot as a Laker, hitting yeah. the game winner the day that his grandmother passed away. Uh, game winning three at the buzzer, got kind of a crazy bounce um, that the ball went way up in the air and, and came right down through. That was a cool moment. That was a cool mm-hmm. moment for him, um, for a guy that was very highly scrutinized as during his time as a Laker. Um, still a big fan of his. But um, the other one was the Nets game, where I think he scored 40. The yeah. ice in my veins moment. Yeah, that's when it came out. That yeah. was the first time we saw that. And uh, that, was, that was a beautiful game. That was a beautiful game and really kind of highlighted what some of us really saw in him and, like, the potential that he had. And he was just fantastic in that game. So th- those are the mo- memories that kind of jump out to me. There's a lot. Uh, I was a big fan of Brandon Ingram. I loved what he did. And I guess you, you got to talk about all the missed high fives that Josh Hart had. So Hon- Honorable mentions to Jody Meeks scoring like 40 against the Thunder <laughs> and, and Nick Young stealing a game-winning shot. Nick Young stealing the game when he shot. Nick Young uh, thinking he had just buried a three, putting his hands up, and then it goes in and out. <laughs> that was a so le- many good ones. A legendary gift that was created. So Jeremy Jeremy Lin looking off Kobe to hit a game winner, and then Kobe <laughs> going to him like, "What the hell did you just do?" <laughs> Man, oh. we, we thought it was uh, it was good times back then. We, we didn't realize how 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 good we were going to have it in a few years, but. Yeah, man. Uh, you got to just appreciate the moment. Just appreciate the moment. Um, let's see. Were the Lakers lucky with health? I'm stunned at AD's durability given his injury history. Yeah, I mean, I think every NBA champion is a little lucky with health. I mean, we saw it last year with Kawhi's Raptors. Yeah. Uh, they were pretty healthy. And not. I don't think they were 100%, but they were pretty healthy. And mm-hmm. the Warriors didn't have KD. They didn't have Cousins. They lose Clay Thompson at, at one point in that series. Um, the, the Warriors ran through a couple teams like LeBron one year had no had no Kevin Love and then loses Kyrie game one um, for the rest of that series and so yeah I mean it factors in you got to be a little lucky and the Lakers were were lucky this year and that's that's part of the equation usually so yeah I will say uh, very cool that this happened other than this series with the Heat kind of having their injury problems felt like the entire playoffs most teams were pretty healthy like there weren't too many big time injuries like we see year in and year out and I think maybe the the lack of travel and and more rest time helped in that but um it was it, it really made for more enjoyable basketball throughout the playoffs I think yeah definitely definitely Somebody say Quinn Cook, little cheerleader, got a ring. Uh, I think that's ring number two for him. Is it two or three? I know he got I think three. I know he got I at think least. He got two with the Warriors. Yeah, so he's on that JaVale McGee path. Uh, <laughs> two with the Warriors and one with the Lakers. It's it's at least two. Um, but this one's got to be especially sweet for him, given uh, yeah. his his Laker fandom during his childhood. So that's pretty pretty cool. Rondo wins number seventeen for Boston, and then number seventeen for the Lakers. We're not going to talk about Rondo winning seventeen for Boston. <laughs> that that memory does not exist. I've deleted that out of my memory files. Rajon Rondo, lifelong Laker, that's, never played for any other team. That is true. That's that's <laughs> very very true. Uh, <laughs> Jacob asked perhaps the most important question of the evening: Does Halsey deserve a ring? Okay, so. Depends. Well, actually, it doesn't depend. Yes to both, but uh, championship ring, yes. Engagement ring, if she gets on this podcast, I, I'm more than happy to. <laughs> I, I was going to say no until she gets on this podcast, and then yes. So Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, 
That's that's the stipulation. And Popeyes, you get a championship ring too if uh, you give us that sponsorship because we've been hyping up your Popeyes chicken sandwich for a full year now, and we're, we still haven't seen any, uh, any anything for it. So I'm, I'm it's it's fine. I'll just official sponsor of NBA champion Lakers Outsiders has such a great ring to it. Popeyes, don't fuck this up. Give us the money. <laughs> There's a whole lot of uh, song lyrics from from Jacob that I'm trying to skip through. Uh, <laughs> we did get asked, do we need billboards again to get Dwight to re-sign? Uh, <laughs> no, we'll have uh, Adam Levine put on his jersey. <laughs> oh, my goodness. In all seriousness, I hope that Dwight is back. I thoroughly enjoyed him as a Laker this year, much more than 2012, 2013. Uh, he fulfilled the prophecy, though. I think back in 2012 when they made the trade, if you'd have said Dwight Howard's going to win a ring with the Lakers, we'd have been like, yeah, duh. <laughs> Didn't expect it to be like this, but hey, they, they got it done regardless. So His tweet from after he left where he said he – or actually, it might not have been after he left. It might have been after the series was over, uh, that first-round series, where he said, uh, I hope I can make it up to you guys to L.A. I think he made it up to us. <laughs> he did, and and seeing seeing his Instagram live and like he yeah. got emotional with, kind of understanding the the moment and the journey and and everything that was just really cool. And he was one of the the guys that I was most happy for because he's obviously had a very uh, turbulent NBA career in terms of some of the off court stuff, and um, it's it's been a tough year for him and some of the stuff that he dealt with off the court and. Um, it's just, it's really cool, man. It's really cool for him to come back and really re- kind of redeem himself with Lakers fans and, and, and get a championship the first time in his career. It's, it's awesome. Like no, no matter what your opinion, uh, opinion is of Dwight, like he is an NBA champion at the end of the day. And that's, that's really all you can say. So, um, no, just <clears throat> really, really, really cool to see. Um, happy for all those first time champions, obviously happy for all of them, but Dwight Howard, uh, Frank Vogel, especially, man, uh, he he probably is still like his mind has probably been blown going from having his best player be Paul George to having two players that are significantly better than Paul George. <laughs> Which I don't want to I don't want to rag on Paul George too much because I did respect him. Kind yeah. of giving a little shout out to Danny Green and what Danny Green had probably been going through. The last 48 yeah, hours. Really cool. um, I thought that was really cool. So shout out to Paul George on that. Um, that's it. I mean, it's a lot of uh, drunk stuff from Jacob. Shout out, Jacob. Uh, yeah. Appreciate you. He, he also said you have Rihanna, so he wants Halsey. Listen, I, we already talked about a love triangle with me, Rihanna, and AC. We can add a fourth. It can be a love quadrangle. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not getting involved in this. I'm just going to keep drinking my beer. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's it for the chat, though. Uh, I don't see anything else. I uh, appreciate those of you that tuned in. Uh, sorry that this was, uh, he says it's called a love square. Who's drunk now? <laughs> but uh, Hey, not every quadrangle is a square, you idiot. Listen, we're not getting into this right now. We're getting out of here. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be dragging ass at work tomorrow. I really would have appreciated oh, yeah. the Lakers winning on Friday night so that I could be, I'm not even going to go there. But, uh, yeah. Either way, the job is done. The job is finished, and they've made everybody proud. 
Uh, oh, one question was, have you seen downtown LA? Yes, I have. And I hope everybody's being safe. I hope you guys yeah. are wearing masks and all that stuff. Try not to cause too much destruction. Be safe. Have a good time, but be safe. And don't put anybody in danger in any any capacity. So. Uh- and don't get run over by the dude who was stra- dressed as Mario and had go kart. <laughs> what was going on there? Hey man, no, you just you don't ask ask questions. You just just let it happen. So, um, thank you. Uh, it was a great season. I appreciate your support, um, listening, watching this podcast. However, as always, guys, we're going to be doing these podcasts even during the off season. We're going to have probably a lot to talk about. I think. One podcast doesn't do this team justice, even though this has been a very long podcast. Uh, I appreciate those of you that have stuck with us throughout this playoff run and, and throughout the, the remainder of this podcast because it is has been a long one. But um, we're going to be live doing these throughout the offseason and whenever the next NBA season starts. We don't know that yet, but we're going to be there. Um, and we're looking to do some live streams during games next year and kind of having some watch parties. I think that's going to be fun. Uh, didn't want to do it for... NBA Finals games because I didn't want you guys thinking that I had completely lost my sanity and that I should be in a straight jacket because uh, these these games were these last few were, were a, a little stressful but um, but yeah we'll be doing these live throughout the off season so uh, make sure to follow us on twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders you can subscribe to us there too for as little as five bucks a month we're going to be having some uh, some perks th- that go to our subscribers. Uh, so be sure to subscribe to us there. Like I said, just five bucks a month. Uh, but you can also subscribe to us on YouTube. Just search Lakers Outsiders on YouTube and we'll pop up there. And then like us on Facebook or follow us on Facebook, just facebook.com slash Lakers Outsiders. I'm pretty sure for your, your comments and your questions to stay in my dashboard, you have to be followed or subscribed on one of those platforms. And because um, I see them pop up all the time, but some of them don't stay up there. I also apologize for uh, Matt Vazine would be proud of this, but I apologize for the jabroni that was putting inappropriate stuff in the chat earlier in this podcast. I uh, had to make sure that we got that guy banned. Uh, I'm going to assume that was a Celtics fan, but or a Clippers fan still trying to cope with blowing a 3-1 lead. But but yeah, this People was forget that that the, that the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead. They also forget that the Celtics couldn't figure out this heat zone that the, the Lakers demolished all, all series. Okay. People forget. <laughs> God, man. This is going to be a beautiful offseason. It really, really is. We're going to have some offseason pods talking about free agency, the draft, all that stuff. Um, before we sign up, just shout out to the NBA, man. Like, yeah. Those of you that, that do know and or don't know, whatever, like I'm a Titans fan and my team had the first outbreak in the NFL and I don't even know, like they didn't get to play last week. I don't even know if they're getting to play this week. They're scheduled for a Tuesday game, which like has to be the first Tuesday NFL game in NFL history. Um, but don't even know if that's going to play. Shout out to the NBA for this this bubble idea and the, the execution of the plan. I mean, there were... I, I think once they got all the players kind of there and quarantined and everything, they didn't have any positive tests and they were able to uh, they were able to crown a champion. And there was a lot of doubt that that was going to happen this year. And credit to Adam Silver and the entire NBA for executing this plan and crowning NBA champion. And now hopefully we can uh, just enjoy the offseason and transition to hopefully uh, getting back to a more normal setting in, in uh, the 2020-2021 NBA season. So... All right, we're getting out of here. Thank you guys so much for for listening. Celebrate responsibly. Be safe out there. 
Don't do anything crazy. Have some fun. Call in sick to work tomorrow if you're drinking too much. Just be safe. All right, be safe. Go Lakers, 2020 NBA champions. Chef's kiss. Ah, just perfect. But we're getting out of here. So with Hani Amadian, I am Gary Kester, and uh, also with drunk Jacob Rude, and the Lakers Outsiders, signing off. Shout out to Jeannie Buss, Rob Palenka, Frank Vogel, JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, DeMarcus Cousins, Markeith Morris, Kyle Kuzma, Jared Dudley, Devante Kaycock, Kostas Atetokounmpo, Dion Waiters, J.R. Smith, Rajon Rondo, Troy Daniels, Taylor Horton Tucker, Danny Green, Quinn Cook, Alex Crusoe, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Avery Bradley, Anthony Davis, and LeBron fucking James.